Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30, everyone. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu salam wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Pray that you've been having a blessed end to this blessed month with the night ta'ala and you've been going strong in these last few nights. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write down Laylatul Qadr for us all. Allahumma ameen. And in that process, inshallah ta'ala, I want to remind you all with the night ta'ala to please consider making a donation to Yaqeen as well as the many other wonderful efforts and organizations that are out there with uh, Alhamdulillah, I mean, as we get to the end of this, it's it's kind of sad because uh, obviously we we bond so much and there's so much that happens in these uh, blessed days and not just our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but our connection to each other. And inshallah, we're going to continue this work beyond Ramadan. I know that many of you tune in only in Ramadan, in the night ta'ala, you can uh, you know, join us for the many, many programs and uh wonderful content that'll be coming out inshallah afterwards but i know sheikh abdullah i mean sheikh abdullah you're you're really not looking forward to not having to be with me on a daily basis right really not looking forward to not having to be with you <laughs> let me process that yeah <laughs> process it. I, I i'm just thinking about i wanted to tell you yesterday when uh i think sister J dr jinan she mentioned the dua of noor I wanted to kind of give you the advice to remember that dua on Saturday, inshallah. Ooh. Yeah. So All right. You know, just when we play ping pong, <laughs> just remember that one, inshallah. Inshallah. That'll be hard too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aziz. That's all I can say, man. <laughs> Every time I grow. And oh, alhamdulillah, we have with us, and we're so happy to have, alhamdulillah, Stad Justin once again. Uh, mashallah. The, the the nude is bursting through the camera like we were just talking about <laughs> when we came on like ramadan freshness uh is there and alhamdulillah we we always enjoy your company uh sheikh justin and uh alhamdulillah the work names of allah series so many other works alhamdulillah that you've done and ta'ala, i'm sure we'll continue to do inshallah ta we got some upcoming work but how are you Ustad justin alhamdulillah very good very good to see you both and very good to be here and uh you know mashallah you guys are looking good it's good to see you it's good to be here so i've got a, a, a i don't know what to call him at this point Sheikh Omar Hussein retired dad joke so this is this is i'm gonna see which one of you guys can get this one first all right so uh what do you call a meal from the moon that's what we'll do what do you call a meal from the moon this one if you think about it you could actually get it let's see who gets it first we got the the vocals version of the Jeopardy song in the background. <laughs> what do you call a meal from the moon? I'm thinking about something with cheese related. Cheese, okay. Because we got Ramadan moon Eid. Uh, Abdullah, you're trying, man. Yeah. See if it, they get it in the live chat too. Someone probably googled it at this point. A meal from oh, the moon. A satellite dish. Ah. <laughs> yeah, my, my kids would like that one. There you I'm go. Gonna use, I'm gonna use that don't one. call it a dad joke. Call it a Stad Justin joke. Yeah. <laughs> call it a Yapin joke. We do clean humor on Uncle Anthony. That's all it is. Just clean humor. <laughs> what, well, what's, the what's the second one? That's it. That's a satellite dish. That's it. Just one. Although you said you had two. No, you had one. You had one thing. You, two. As in both of you had a chance to get it, Sheikh. Come oh. on, man. <laughs> maybe Sad. tomorrow, Chef. Maybe tomorrow, Chef. Maybe you get it tomorrow. Inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. 
Inshallah. Right, inshallah ta'ala. We are on Juz 28 with the night ta'ala, so we will continue, uh, inshallah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. As we get into these last uh, few ajzaa, um, you know, subhanAllah, I was, I was looking through and, and you could really take any one of these surahs and uh, that is not an exaggeration. Any one of these surahs is, is very, very rich with the themes of the hereafter and things that we can prepare ourselves with and just the reality of it all. Um, and in fact, the names of the surahs, and this is actually very significant to show you sort of where we are right now in the tartib of the Qur'an, in the order of the Qur'an, as we get into these last uh, few uh, chapters, that even some of the names of the surahs are named after the Day of Judgment. And they're different names of the Day of Judgment or scenes from the Day of Judgment uh, that show up. And so the one that I wanted to talk about was the one that I think people probably know the least about. You know, when you hear Al-Qiyamah or Al-Haqa or Al-Waqi'ah, uh, these names are more common, right? The reality and, and the day of judgment, resurrection, Yom uh, din the day uh, of, of a deen. And here you have a taghabun, surat a taghabun. And I don't think many people uh, know the, the meaning of the word taghabun. So you come across it and perhaps, um, you know, sort of skim through it. But I wanted to talk about it and actually talk about it through an ayah, verse 9. Uh, so Allah actually names the Day of Judgment two things in the single verse, which is verse 9 of Surah Al-Taghabun. So the day that he will gather you, so the day of the gathering. So he will gather you for the day of the gathering. And then Allah subhanahu says, And that is the day of At-Taghabun. And he goes on to say, subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَا يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ وَيَعْمَلْ and that is the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for those who believe in him and who have done good deeds, he will expiate all of their sins and he will admit them into gardens under which rivers flow to stay there forever. Okay. Eternity upon eternity. And that is true success. Now, the the latter part of this verse actually lends itself to the meaning of what taghabun is. Uh, the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you go into the day of judgment with your sins, and not only are you rewarded despite your sins, the sins are expiated. Okay, the sins are expiated. And in fact, we know that for the believers and for the righteous, the sins can actually become good deeds if a person repented for them. And so you have sins that are no longer a burden and become even part of the embellishment. And Allah Azzawajal enters you into gardens, and not only does he enter you into any jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enters you into gardens under which rivers flow. And this is not a temporary transaction. Whereas everything in this dunya is temporary, everything in the akhirah uh, of reward is permanent. And for some people, punishment is permanent as well. So a, a temporary uh, struggle for a permanent reward that is completely, uh, you know, that completely outdoes anything that would have been a reward for you in this life. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that is the great success. That is the ultimate triumph. Now, a taghabun means the day of mutual gain and loss. Taghabun means the day of mutual gain and loss. So it is when a transaction happens in which one person gains far more than the other. Okay. And so sometimes that is in regards to the seller and the buyer. And usually, in fact, this is where this term is used, where 
the buyer um, you know, gets a steal or the seller takes advantage of the buyer. So it's also a word that's used in regards to fraud. The point is, is that there is a huge discrepancy between the gain and the loss that is taking place in a singular transaction. And so when it comes to Yom al-Jamar, the day of the, the, great, uh, the, the great gathering, of course, uh, the scholars mentioned that that is the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, will uh, It's the day of gathering because Allah gathers the entirety of his creation. So everyone is gaining something, the beginning and the end, right? The first and the last of all of Allah's creation are gathered in one place on that day. And all of them will either gain or lose. And so on the day that the Prophet is rewarded, Fir'aun is punished, right? And so you, you think about the discrepancy there, right? Adam and Iblis on that day, that's where reward and punishment takes place. So it's the day of great gathering and it's the day of mutual gain and mutual loss. And as Muqatil, rahimahullah, he said, لا غبنا أعظم من أن يدخل there is no greater discrepancy, mutual loss and gain, than when this group of people enter into paradise and this group of people enter into the fire. As Ibn Ashur rahimullah said, وَالْغَبْنُ أَنْ يُعْطَى الْبَائِعْ ثَمَنًا لِمَبِيعِهِ دُونَ قِيمَتِهِ الَّتِي بِهَا مثله. So he says that, you know, again, you think of the seller and the buyer. Usually you've got a buyer that is being taken advantage of or a seller uh, that is being taken advantage of. The point is, is that you have these, these discrepancies that take place. And on the day of judgment, this is where the Mufassirun talk about all of these discrepancies, right? So for one, the, just the, the, the very entrance of people into paradise, some into paradise and some into the fire, is a great discrepancy, mutual gain and mutual loss. But on top of that, some of the, you know, the other ahadith, you know, one of them, which, which subhanAllah is really very meaningful if you think about right now, uh, the people of paradise taking the share of the people of hellfire in paradise had they made it to paradise. What I mean by that is that the Prophet mentioned that we all have a residence in both destinations right now with our name on it. And you just think about that, subhanAllah, you have a residence with your name on it. And there will be people that will enter into paradise and they will see residences, extra shares of paradise that were allotted to people that didn't make it to paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from Ahl al-Jannah, Allahumma ameen. So they take not just the share that they had for them, but they take the share of those others that didn't make it to paradise as well. Think about that taghabun, right? That that mutual gain and mutual loss. You know, when, when the houses of people, the residences, the palaces of people that would have made it to paradise or could have made it to paradise and had these palaces they had their names on it that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitated it for them but they did not take advantage of the situation and as a result others took their residences and some of the scholars also mentioned this is the day of you know compensation right and jaza and so uh and I'll end with this whether it is in regards to trading with good deeds with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or trading sin for punishment right mutual gain and loss like what you put into this dunya and what you get in the hereafter is is a great discrepancy right and so those who are being punished would realize this was not worth it my sin was definitely not worth it and those who did good deeds would say this is way more than what i expected
right? And so there's a discrepancy there. And finally, the zalim and the mazlum, the one who wronged the other. You know, imagine how dumb you feel. And I'm going to use the word, how dumb you feel on a day of judgment, how, how bad you feel on a day of judgment when you realize you lost Jannah over a tweet. You know, you lost Jannah over a Facebook post, over an Instagram post, over a WhatsApp message. You wrong someone and subhanAllah, you lose out on your reward. And when your mizan is emptying out, when the scroll is emptying out, when you're losing your good deeds, may Allah protect us and not make us from Allah, those that harm, those that transgress. I mean, subhanAllah, that is great mutual gain and loss. The one whose who's, who's, uh, scrolls are filling up with the good deeds that were given to them due to backbiting and gossip and slander and harm. And the one whose good deeds are being depleted because of the harm that they did to others. So, Yawm taghabun May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that benefit greatly on that day and that are on the side of great gain, not on the side of great loss. Allahumma ameen. Inshallah ta'ala, Shaykh Abdullah, I'll hand it over to you. Jazakumullahu khayran. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'du. You mentioned the people that do great harm to themselves and sometimes they do harm to the ummah. Well, the chapter that I want to cover is a chapter that is titled for those groups of people that their intention was to do harm to the ummah and acted as though they were Muslim. It's the chapter of Al-Munafiqun where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about these hypocrites. And this is Munafiqun is termed as hypocrite and Munafiqun comes from Nafaq. And Nafaq is like a tunnel that is under the ground. And uh, you know it, it's used with that word particular because it's something that you may see a part of it, but you don't know where it's headed. And it's hidden for lack of better words. So the munafiq, the hypocrite, in the West we might understand it as someone that doesn't do what they say or says what they don't do. But in Islam, it's a little more of a technical meaning. It's hiding disbelief in the heart and you're acting as though you believe. And the motivation behind that were different amongst the people in Al-Madinah. The munafiq were people that were started in Al-Madinah when the Prophet ﷺ entered Al-Madinah and then there was jealousy from an individual which started to spread this uh, movement of nifaq, of uh, hypocrisy, of saying that we're Muslim, but in actuality, in their hearts is uh, jealousy, uh, envy, hatred towards Islam and Muslims. So they ultimately want to see it fall. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, throughout the Quran, he when he, he calls the Muslims and the mu'min, he calls them to separate themselves from the people that do not have the same belief in their heart towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether they are the people that say that we believe that you know Jesus is uh, God or Uzair ibn Allah, Uzair is the son of Allah, or those that say that they're Muslim, but in their, in their hearts is no Islam whatsoever, voluntarily disbelieving in Allah because there is an ulterior motive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives certain characteristics of them, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was actually disclosed on who they were, by, uh, and he disclosed it to Hudayfa ibn Yaman, and he was the only companion that knew who the hypocrites were. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was disclosed that. So here in this chapter of Al-Munafiqun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does it again by warning the believers to uh, distance themselves and not to be associated or to avoid certain actions or certain uh, beliefs or certain practices, if you will, that resemble those of the hypocrites. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number nine, 
يا ايها الذين امنوا لا تلهكم اموالكم ولا اولادكم عن ذكر الله ومن يفعل ذلك فاولئك هم الخاسرون الله سبحانه وتعالى says oh you who believe let not your wealth nor your children divert you from the remembrance of Allah and whoever does that then they are surely of the losers so this is firstly understanding that if Allah is prohibiting the muslims from you know taking this action or to be diverted by these two ayats, these two uh, objects uh, on this earth, know that the hypocrites are the ones that indulge in this in the wrong way. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, do not let your children or your money nor your children divert you from the remembrance of Allah. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, what some would call a nefi, is negating the diversion or the allowance of these things to divert you, which leaves a further responsibility for those who were addressed, the believers. Therefore, being not just a negation, but rather being a prohibition. To where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, uh, don't let these uh, uh, objects uh, divert you from the remembrance of Allah. And the verb that is used here is uh, yulhi. And many of us may know this from the chapter of At-Takathur. Alha is to be distracted. That's where we get the word lahu from. Lahu is frivolous speech. So to be distracted from uh, the things that matter most. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here, don't allow your children and money to distract you or your money and your wealth and your children to divert you from the remembrance of Allah. Very interesting. When reading this, we say, okay, our children, this is a blessing of Allah. And the money that I've obtained and I've studied and I've obtained this money in halal way, this is a blessing from Allah. This could even be an answer to my du'as to where Allah knows that I will use this in a beneficial way. That is what is important. When we look at the ahkam of the sharia, the halal and the haram of things, if you will, it deals with the af'al al-mukallafin. It deals with the actions of the responsible person or party. So water can be permissible for you and it can be impermissible. Right now, if I was to take a glass of water, the water in itself is really not impermissible. It's what I do with the water that is impermissible. Drinking it in the, in, during, the, during Ramadan, during the daytime, impermissible. The water in itself wasn't. So when we look at the deen of Islam, it's what deals with the actions of the believer. So when talking about children, this is an ayah of Allah. It's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-razaq, al-wahhab. He has bestowed this child upon me. He has given me and provided me with this, with this child, with these children or child. And also money. This is another manifestation of Allah being al-razaq. How do I use the money? So when the scholars talk about, do not allow these two things to divert you from the remembrance of Allah, whether you're gathering it in abundance and it's causing you to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or you're trying to figure out ways how to even obtain it and it causes you to divert and it diverts you from the remembrance of Allah. Whether it is in an impermissible way, such as money, or you're trying to gather it too much to Cathor, to where you leave off your prayers. You leave off praying because you're looking at your balance sheet from prayers to prayer, right? Or you are trying to, you know, scheme a way to obtain this money. Or your children, you don't wake your children up for salah. So for instance, we see in the, in the last 10 days of Ramadan, beautiful hadith, it's on Aisha radiallahu anha. Uh, and she said, when the 10 days, when the 10 nights would enter, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would do three things. Uh, he would liven his night 
and he would waken his family and he would tighten his garment. The second one I want to capitalize on, he would waken his family. He would wake his family up, children included. You want them to feel that these last 10 nights are a, a special moment throughout the year, that it's something special. And that's when doing that, you're not allowing what you may say, well, they're too small, they're too this, they're too that. My love for them can cause me to be diverted from what the one that loves them more than me and them even of themselves instructs them to do. So do not allow the money nor the children to divert you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And dhikrillah, dhikr is am, it's general. It is the remembrance of Allah from your tongue. So when you're after your salah and you say subhanAllah and have your children say subhanAllah, explain what subhanAllah means, the names and attributes of Allah, what that means, rather than letting them go into the room and go play Minecraft while you're making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you say, you know, they don't understand. No, it's continuous, passive, passively teaching your children about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to where other things can divert you from what is better for them. And then also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the dhikr of Allah also within your actions. Let them see you praying. Have them come with you in, in the room and see you praying. Ask them if they pray. You know, these things are very important and it's continuous. And that's what is highly desired by the deen of Islam is for us to be consistent on the actions, even if they were a little, as Aisha mentioned about the Prophet Wasallam. Then Allah concludes and says, and whoever does that, then they are from the losers. And whoever uh, does that by allowing these things to occupy them, and therefore neglecting, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they are of the khasirun. Interesting here, and I'll mention this in our end. Allah says, khasirun. We already know, ulaika means them or they. We already know that the context is about uh, those people that are diverted from their money and their children. But then he says, and whoever does that, then they are. Some scholars mention Allah repeated they to show the emphasis of this group of people that are diverted by these two things. And all, by the way, these two things are primarily the ones that we cherish the most, our money and our children, because they even have a connection. Allah SWT talks about, do not uh, be neglectful or you know, uh, bury your children or try to uh, eliminate your children because you feel that you will not be able to provide for them. So the provisions with the children and money go hand in hand and it can Occupy us from remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we do that, we will be of the khasirun. Allah mentions this. They are the khasirun to show emphasis that this is the worst kind of loss because it is taking on the characteristics of the munafiqeen, of the hypocrites. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that understand the greatness of his blessings, but do not allow the blessings to be a means of a curse for us at the same time. And that is with remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and reminding those around us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the deen of Islam, and how this can liberate us and further replenish our souls. Barakallahu feekum. Ameen. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh Abdullah. And so we're talking about the trade-off, right? The hypocrites will realize the trade-off, and that is the greatest loss. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Allahumma ameen. Ustaz, Justin, please, bismillah. Take it from here. Okay. Okay. Building off the themes that you guys just mentioned, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Muhammadin wa ala ahlihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. So I was thinking about this Juz 28, and um, I was going back to when I was memorizing this Juz some time ago, 
And there's really one verse in this whole juice that sticks out to me, and I wanted to talk about it uh, today. So uh, this verse is in Surah Al-Hashr, and it's about the Sahaba, it's about the companions and their relationship, and their relationship with each other, and the state of their hearts, and what that can teach us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this surah, those who were settled in the city and accepted faith before them, meaning the Ansar, they love those who emigrated to them, meaning the Mahajirun, people who came from Mecca. So the people in Medina love the people who came to Mecca, were forced out of Mecca and came to Medina and they helped them. Right? That's why they called the Ansar, the helpers. And they do not find any want in their hearts for what the emigrants were given. So there's a story that one of the Ansar, um, you know, they, they needed help. The, the, the Mahajirun, they didn't have, um, you know, they left everything behind. Their homes, their wealth, everything. They, and then settled in a, uh, a new city and uh, a new climate. And, and they needed help. And so uh, they were given some wealth. And then also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised them for their, for their hijrah, for their act. And so the Ansar who helped them, they didn't have any envy towards the Muhajirun. For example, Abu Bakr, anhu, may Allah be pleased with him. We know that he was the best of the companions. And they did not envy him. And they did not envy any of the Mahajirun, right? And so they they didn't have this jealousy. They had this spirit of brotherhood. And they loved them. The Ansar and the Mahajirun, they loved each other. They loved the people who came to Medina. And this was a new type of relationship. This is a new type of love, right? So the love that the, the people uh, of, of Arabia had before Islam and what they were accustomed to, this natural type of love, a tribal type of love, uh, love for the sake of some worldly gain, you know, things like that. Uh, this isn't the type of love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about. Allah is talking about love for the sake of Allah, love for the sake of Iman. This is a new type of relationship, right? And this is the brotherhood of Islam. And it's not just brotherhood, it's fellowship because it includes men and women. We are brothers and sisters in Islam, right? So they didn't have any envy towards the Mahajirun, right? And this is the state of brotherhood. This is the model of brotherhood and fellowship that we need uh, to follow. And then, this is a key part of the verse. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the Ansar, Allah says, then rather they give them, the immigrants, preference over themselves, even though they were in need, even though they were in privation and in poverty, right? So what this verse here establishes is the virtue of al-ithar, al-ithar, which means altruism or selflessness, right? So not only did they love the muhajirun, but they gave preference to them. And there's stories in the tafsir about how the Ansar, they, you know, when, when the muhajirun came, they only had family, they only had food for their family. And so then they gave that food to the muhajirun and then they, were not able to eat that night. So they gave preference to the Mahajirun over themselves, right? And they fed them, and then they didn't get to eat, right? And so that is the virtue of altruism, right? Al-Ithar, giving preference 
to the benefit of your brothers and sisters in Islam over your own self, right? And then the scholars defined altruism as the nihaya of brotherhood, right? It was like the end or the top of brotherhood, like peak brotherhood, peak fellowship. That's what it is to give preference to your brothers and sisters in Islam over yourself, right? Because normally as brothers and sisters in Islam, we should love for each other what we love for ourselves. We treat each other as we want to be treated. And when you love for others as you love for yourself, I talk about this a lot, you're loving them the same as you would love yourself. That's equality, right? And that's that's a, a key component of brotherhood. But al-ithar is a step above that, right? It's actually giving preference to others, right? You would love for others to be benefited more than you would love it for your, your own self, right? So that's a very high level, right? And that's the model that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and the example that he is giving to us in this verse. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And whoever is protected from the greediness of his own soul, those will be the successful, right? And so shuh is greed, right? It's the opposite of al-ithar. It's the opposite of altruism and selflessness, right? If you're greedy, you want to benefit yourself more than others, right? You would rather eat and other people go hungry. That's greed, right? And so uh, as believers in Islam, brothers and sisters in Islam, we have to control that part within us. That's our appetite, right? That's a natural part uh, that's within us. And we, that's something that we have to control, right? And uh, the more you give in charity, the easier it will become for you, right? So you, uh, you have to practice this, right? You don't just acquire this trait without any effort, right? So doing good things for your brothers and sisters in Islam before, you know, the benefit reaches you, benefiting others before you benefit yourself. That's the model of brotherhood and fellowship in Islam, right? So um, I want to end here uh, on Surah Al-Hashr, uh, just about the surah in general is, uh, I really like to listen to this surah recited by uh, Sheikh Saleh Al-Bukhater. Uh, he's one of the uh, reciters I listen to. And if you go to the end of the surah, then the whole surah is, has lessons and is important and we should study it and listen to it. But if you go to the end, uh, there's these verses about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names, right? And it mentions uh, many of Allah's names. Al-Malak al-Quddus, al-Salam al-Mu'min, al-Muhaymin al-Aziz al-Jabbar al-Mutakabbir. All of these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has the most beautiful names, right? You said, Everything in the heavens and the earth glorifies him, and he's the Almighty and the wise, right? These verses are so beautiful. So I, I just want to encourage all of you out there to listen to these verses, right? They, they're mashallah, like they just will move your heart, right? And even if you can't memorize this surah, memorize just these like last. Uh, uh, three four verses that mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names so much benefit to that just knowing even one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all these mentioned and so uh, this surah ends just this really strong powerful beautiful way and I just encourage you all to uh, to go listen to that and to read it and study it and reflect uh, um, I'll end there alhamdulillah rabbil alameen wa salatu wassalamu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Justin. I think um, it's really beautiful because you look at the 
description of traits and the description of the day, and then two groups of people that represent the opposite reaction. Uh, and yesterday's session, we talked about the names of Allah. We had Dr. Dinan. <laughs> so it's not Allah Hrisnan. You just mentioned these beautiful verses that indeed you know contain these beautiful names. And then um, we also spoke about the concept of being sabiqun. And the sabiqun were people who had nothing to gain of this world and everything to lose of this world, but saw the reward of the hereafter as imminent and as more important. And so they rushed towards persecution because they were rushing towards paradise. The Ansar, who were the opposite of the hypocrites, the hypocrites in Medina, of course, are trying to hoard and don't want to accept the Prophet and Islam with the consequences of it. So they'll use Islam when it's beneficial, but they'll reject it when it's beneficial as well, all from a worldly standpoint. Whereas the Ansar, what did they say, subhanAllah, when they went to meet the Prophet and they asked the Prophet they said, we, we're going to go through this, and we're going to go through that, and we're going to suffer and uh, broken alliances and battle and all types of threats and warnings. And what do we get in return? He said, Jannah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, paradise. And they said, Rabbi al That's a profitable transaction. <laughs> so imagine the Ansar showing up on a Taghavan, right? And all of those Ansar that open up their homes, and now the homes they're getting in paradise, all the food they shared, and now the sustenance they're getting in paradise, all the suffering, and now the ease in paradise. And Taghavan, Think about the Ansar of Medina versus the Ibn Ubayy ibn Saruz of Medina and the hypocrites of Medina. Think about the Sabiqun of Mecca versus the Abu Jahaz and the Abu Lahabs of Mecca, right? And that Taghabun, that splitting of the gain and loss, subhanAllah. So Zakmullah Khairan, I think both of you, subhanAllah, covered those groups very beautifully. Any further thoughts, any any last reflections, inshallah, from, from either of you? Justin. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh, this I I uh, I I'll be honest. I've struggled with memorizing memorizing this just like a while back. Um, and uh, you know, but uh, I, I really grew to love it. Right. And it's specifically this surah, surah al Hashra. Like, uh, I, I, this is probably my favorite surah in the whole just. And um, it, it just grew on me. Right. So, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're memorizing Quran, it's very difficult for you. You get the double reward. You get the reward for memorizing it and then the extra reward of that extra difficulty that you get. So, you know, uh, just, just to keep, keep at it and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place this love of the Quran in your heart. When, when the verses, the meaning of, of meanings of the verses are opened up for you. And you understand it and you recite it and it's so beautiful mashallah listen to the reciter uh you know uh this this is my experience with this this juz and this sura in particular so that's my last reflection i guess on this just alhamdulillah may allah love you by your love of the quran Allah ease your day by your love of that surah abdullah any last reflection no, no, it's it's kind of unrelated but related. Uh, just for people to tune into the resources for Laylatul Qadr that Yakin provides, mashallah, some nice, very nice infographics that you can share with people. Um, just press a button and share it, and it'll benefit a lot of people on, you know, some of the benefits of Laylatul Qadr, uh, and you know, even from an you know, a knowledge perspective of what are, 
some of the opinions and then also, you know, kind of explaining the chapter of Qadr as well. So take advantage of that. Go on the website and check out the different um, products that are there. And just uh, to the bitter with taqwa, assist in, in good and righteousness, inshallah. Take advantage of it. It's good to be with you both. Inshallah ta'ala, you, we will uh, see you all tomorrow. A dry cough is in right now, you know, so. Inshallah, <laughs> we'll see you all tomorrow. Jazakum Allah khairan. As-salamu alaykum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.